Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we've got the final full event on the PGA Tour for the calendar year this week. It's the RSM Classic. We also had a little bit of breaking news coming out of the President's Cup, so we are going to dive right into it with the man, Kyle Porter. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, Rick. Um, Big day for Ricks, I guess. Hey, you know what? Every day is a big day for Ricks. There's some good Ricks out there, you know. We there's not a lot of us, but we do okay. Yeah, it's uh, you know, Tiger Woods announces on what is today, Wednesday, that Brooks Koepka is yeah. out, Ricky Fowler's in President's Cup. It doesn't do a ton for me. It's kind of like, well, yeah, that's sort of I don't know what we thought would happen. Um, you know, I think that yeah, I mean, the U.S. is still going to win. They're still going to be a big favorite. I did see a tweet from Will Gray that said, I guess we have to wait until 2020 for that big Brooks Kepka ct Pan rivalry to kind of crystallize. <laughs> so uh, I, th- I, I thought that was pretty good. But, you know, I, I think it does. Um, I think Fowler is really easy to kind of pair guys with. I hope yeah. we get more JT Fowler, especially with Spieth. Uh, not being there. Uh, maybe we get JT Reed, but I'd like to see JT Fowler. And they were awesome at the last President's Cup. I think they'd be awesome at this one. Yeah, so so the outcome that we get is is one that we s- said was a possible outcome where Kepka just, you know, whether he doesn't feel the need to tee it up or the fact that the knee really is just in, in not good enough shape to, to go out and play in, in Australia. And Fowler, who was the, you know, kind of quote unquote snub number one on a list of a bunch of really good names, ends up getting in anyway. And to your point, Kyle, Fowler's just great, right? He's going to be a great clubhouse guy. You can pair him with a lot of people. His putter can get hot. It, it would have just been a plethora of riches for, for Tiger to pick from now. Uh, the, the, the Twitter conversation, and of course, Twitter is the end all be all, um, you know, the, the, the conspiracy theory is Tiger makes this pick right now before Brendan Todd goes out and wins his third straight tournament and he doesn't have to pick Brendan Todd. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. (laughs) How funny is it that we're talking about conspiracy theories, uh, that include Brendan Todd in 2019? Um, it's crazy. It is crazy. I don't. It's funny you say that. I read. I read an article. Somebody retweeted an article from like, uh, like the last time Brendan Todd had won, uh, or it was just like from like five years ago. And it was like, oh, Brendan Todd's really good, but I'm. I wish there was more coverage of like early rounds on the PGA Tour. I'm like, that is literally the same thing that's going on right now. Like, t- f- time is a flat circle. Brendan Todd is good again, and I wish we had more coverage <laughs> of the early round stuff. Like, it's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Um, yeah, I don't think that Tiger's real wrapped up in the Brendan Todd thing. No. I think that's more of a like nine people said it on Twitter. So in our world, it it's a thing. Uh, and he, and he shouldn't be right. Yeah. I mean, this obviously Brendan Todd winning two straight tournaments is absolutely awesome. He should not be picked for this president. Yeah. Team. And I mean, part of the point 
uh, of all of this is that like a lot of this team event, it's it's um, and we see this with Europe, right? It's not you can get too wound up in the moment instead of like looking at the, like the, like the linear, like year to year, every two years, like what's best for the U S team in the long term? Like, would it be fun to pick Brendan and Todd or somebody like that right now? Sure. But is that, is that what's best for the U S team? Like in the long term, if you're, if you're pulling back and looking at a long-term view of these team events, then the answer is probably no. Yeah, like Ricky Fowler, infinitely more likely to be on future President's Cup teams than Brendan Todd is, which I think right, is the point you're right. trying to make there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, so and then and then finally on on this, uh, you know, Kepka who uh, has started his season, you know, previously at like Honda. I'm wondering if this pushes back his timeline, right? I mean, this knee obviously serious enough to keep him out of the president's cup you know it's always tough because we don't get a lot of information but how do you how do you how serious do you think this is for kepka's 2019 2020 season well i I think that's the bigger story here than than fowler being added is like what what happens to kepka i mean he talked about this in vegas at the shriners he talked about like the stem cell stem cell stuff and like he was like just basically screaming because it was so painful and uh I don't know that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's not great. I don't know that. I don't know that it's like a red flag. If this was a Ryder Cup, I'd be a little bit more concerned, maybe. But yeah. uh, it's certainly a storyline going into the year. It, it, it went from, oh, I'm fine at Vegas. I just played bad, whatever. To no, it's a real thing now going into 2020. Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the statement when this injury happened in Japan, I believe it was, was that he slipped on wet concrete. Uh, that's that's the official statement on that, right? You remember that? I don't. I don't yeah, I, th- I think that's right. That sounds right. Is that, okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm pre- so I'm pretty sure that's just, which which to me. I'm hoping is an indication of hey, this is kind of like a freak thing. You know, I don't. I'm hoping this is just not a chronic knee injury for Kepka that we're just going to see pop up and, and have him miss events uh, over the course of the next handful of years, because obviously the PGA tour uh, and golf in general is better when this guy's healthy and competing against all the other heavyweights. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, it's interesting because everybody talks, I mean, grown men talk about Brooks Kepka's body more than like <laughs> they ever should, but like he sort of, I mean, when I, when I, when I think about the way he plays, like his, his body is kind of, it's kind of perfect because he's not like, he's not like uh, LaRon Landry, like jacked out of his mind to where you're like, well, he's going to like tear something every time he plays around. He's kind of, I don't know. He's just kind of like big and, but he, but he's, I don't know. He's got, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but he's got like a good, like body for golf and I, I'm surprised that of all the guys that are out there swinging it as 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 hard as they are, that he's sort of the one that's kind of been injured uh, most recently. Yeah. So you know, here's to uh, Brooks getting uh, getting healthy. Ricky will take his spot over in Australia, and we're now like three and a half weeks away from that. Should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah. If you want any more like PGA Tour body takes, just holler at me. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is at Kyle Porter CBS on Twitter for all your latest PGA body takes. All right. Uh, RSM Classic this week. I, I mentioned it at the top. It is the last, you know, quote unquote, real regular event for the PGA Tour, meaning we're going to get a cut. Uh, the guys travel to Georgia, Sea Island, Georgia, which will t- there's a lot of Sea Island connections this week, which we'll talk about in a second. But before we do, this is a two uh, this tournament employs the the host course so the seaside course down there at sea island is going to play the host course the plantation course will be the the all the other course where for the first two rounds each one of these guys is going to play one round at the seaside one round at the plantation they'll make the cut and they'll play the final two rounds at the seaside course so the thing that i always think about kyle and it doesn't look like the weather is going to be an issue but the plantation course uh historically plays really really easy and you can go super low there it's got a couple extra par fives do you have any hot takes on the order that you would want to play these in or like if the weather ended up being bad one day would you want to play the harder course in harder conditions the easier course in easier conditions any thoughts at all on this i love momentum in life Mm -hmm. and so i would want to play and maybe this doesn't add up with what i'm saying but in my head it's the right order i i always want to play the harder course first because i know that Mm -hmm. if i go out and shoot like i don't know four under five under and then all of a sudden i've got a 63 looking at me on friday then like i'm money going into the weekend so i want i want to know like it just, just for whatever reason, psychologically, it does it does more for me to play the harder course and succeed on that one first. I think you also don't play yourself out of it, or at least mentally, you know you haven't played yourself out yeah. of it if you do have the easier course coming on Friday, for example. Um, and again, this is obviously going to differ between you know every single player is going to to treat this a little bit differently. Um, I kind of argue that. If you're going to end up making the cut, you might want to play the seaside course Friday because then you'd play it three straight rounds. You'd play it Friday, Saturday, Sunday in succession. You wouldn't have it broken up to go over to play the plantation course, but that might just be a load of malarkey, but that's kind of the way my brain works, and I assume you know every PGA Tour player is probably a little bit different. I thought you were going to say every PGA Tour player is just like you. <laughs> I wish. No, I wish I was just like them. I would. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, but no, I assume every single guy has a has a different feeling about this. But I, I always think because we'll get this, um, you know, out here in my backyard when we get to Torrey Pines too. They'll do the North and the South course, and then and then play the the South usually on on the weekend. Right. So this is something we're going to see. Uh, at least one other time. I'm trying to think if there's another one coming at the start of next year, but this is kind of a, an, an interesting little situation. Yeah, it is. And and you see it, I, I presume they're just, they do it here just because of like the, the time, like the time of year, they just can't squeeze everybody into, uh, oh, yeah. in, into one course. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I don't know. Everybody's got to play them. It is, it is interesting that people play different ones in different conditions and it, it yep. we, we talk a lot about like is is the field fair is, is you know and it's <laughs> like well this is like kind of not fair like it's very yeah. it's very different um but you know it is what it is when you've got a hundred and whatever 56 guys teeing it up 
this is yeah this is the closest thing you know the pga tour that's always about protecting the field and this is like the closest thing to like yeah this is not remotely fair at all especially the other one that um i forgot to mention is is pebble beach they use three courses and when you're when you're over there some of those are, are right on the water i mean the wind kicks up one day can make a, a course two or three shots different from two days later which you know a lot of it is just getting the right the right end of the draw yeah no that's that's totally true all right, so RSM Classic, uh, defending champion is Charles Howe III, but I imagine the big storyline for this week is the latest greatest in Brendan Todd, who we've talked <laughs> about a lot this week, going for the third straight win. Uh, mentioned it uh, earlier in the week on our on our Monday pod. I believe he would be the first guy to do that since Tiger won three straight back in 2006. I got to tell you, Kyle, like – this is probably one of the better setups for him of the th- like if he's gonna win one out of these three uh this one is actually probably a pretty good setup for for brendan todd what, like what do we think any chance he goes back to back to back i mean there's gotta be so- <laughs> i i guess i i mean there yeah sure there's a chance <laughs> i uh I, I don't know i mean it it, it how how crazy would that be? I, I can't remember who Justin Wright put this out there. I think it's like like uh, Rory. Who, who's gone? Who's done three in a row in like the last decade? It's like Rory Stricker and Tiger or something like that. I didn't even think Rory had done it. I thought I thought it was literally. Oh, maybe it's. Uh, well, I don't know if we're counting PGA or Euro or, or not, everything. Not Stricker. I, I gotta look this up. Yeah. Good. Tiger's de- Tiger definitely did it in two thousand six. It was like uh, he one was a WGC. Um, I forget what the other two were, but Tiger was the the note that I had on the last guy to do it. Yeah, uh, Justin Ray had something on the only guy in the last. What does he have here? The only player in the last sixty years to win four in a row is Tiger. He's done it three different times. Jesus, <laughs> every Tiger stat is more ridiculous than the last. Know, it's, <laughs> it's really crazy. It, I it's not. I can't find the three in a row thing. It uh, it doesn't it doesn't happen, and I don't want people to diminish the fact that it would happen in the fall because it's i mean you got like you know five of the top 50 guys in the world it's still incredibly difficult um but no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a on a real limb here and say that it does not happen this week yeah and i and i think that is certainly fair so you're um now uh, what i do want to bring up is this this sea island area uh you hear this a lot There, there seems to be a lot of guys that have ties to this area whether they grew up there, whether they went to the University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, like you just hear Sea Island a lot. Um, you know, Brendan Todd himself, uh, you know, went to the University of Georgia. Harris English plays out of Sea Island. Um, you always hear like Matt Kuchar. Like, like I guess, th- are there any other regions that we hear more about? I feel like Sea Island is talked about quite a bit. Um, and now we're finally going there and all these guys are coming out of the wood- woodworks to play the RSA. Here we go, by the way. Uh if he wins this week, Brennan Todd would become just the fourth player since 2000, since 2000 to win three in a row. Dustin Johnson, 2017. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. Was that the uh, 2017? Uh, did he win like Riviera and Mexico? What was that? They Would they have been pretty far apart if he did that? Like it wouldn't have been, you know, Brennan Todd would do this like, three out of four weeks yeah dj in 2017 i mean i feel like he doesn't even play that much so rory rory in 14 that was the open championship uh bridge or uh, firestone pga and then tiger five times i'll look yeah here's 
here's Dustin. It's uh, he he won the Genesis, the WGC Mexico, and then he won the match play. Okay, so yeah. it was. Oh, that's over- because that's when he got hurt going into the Masters. Correct. Yeah. And actually, here's what's also kind of crazy. Then his first start back was the Wells Fargo Championship, and he finished in second. So he, he and then before that, he. Oh my God. Okay. So this stretch of five. Yeah, it was DJ, sick. Was third at Pebble Beach, three wins, and a second at Wells Fargo. Yeah, it was. It, 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 he always does that though. And then you know, in the year like T sixty, T seventy, you're like, what? What? Anyway, I don't know what we're That's talking exactly about, Dustin what. Johnson. Um, C- yeah, Sea Island. Yeah, see, I, I don't even remember your question. I'm so wrapped up in this three, three. In this. I just think it's interesting that this region produces so many guys that we always hear, you know, hear about this area, yeah. and they all have ties to this area, and they get to come back and play play this course once a year, and they always they're always talking about it. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I wonder how much of that. Have you ever heard the thing about how like you your salary or your like lifestyle is. Um, similar to like the, the, like your five closest friends, like it, like it's like in the median of your five closest friends or whatever. I, right. I wonder how much yeah, of, that heard of that is just like, it, it kind of, I don't know, just hanging out with all those guys, like just kind of engenders this confidence or this, the, I, I don't know that that might be like really dumb, but it does seem like, or, or maybe you just, when you get to that level, everybody just hangs out together, but it does seem That's like that true. is a hotbed for, um, yeah, for professional golf. I mean, even even somebody like uh, Russell Henley, who had a really interesting week last week, but playing at Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, I know I know Charles Howell is going down there. Zach Johnson, like, there's just so many different guys that that love being around it. So it's uh, yeah, it's a fun, it's kind of a fun low key week to in the in the calendar year on. Yeah, and the fun fact out of this is. There's been a bunch of Sea Island residents, but no resident has actually won yeah. this event. Now, there's a few caveats to that because Chris Kirk lived there for like seven or eight years, but then he moved before his win, so that doesn't count. And then Kevin Kisner, when he won it, uh, the the exact quote from PGATour.com was, he was only living in Sea Island temporarily during a remodel of his South Carolina home. So I guess that does not count <laughs> as a resident either. It's like all these little caveats, but um, and this this is what we talked about with the with the Presidents Cup is when you're playing like a home game there's a lot more stuff to take care of. You know, there's, there's more media obligations. You've got, you know, I got to get a hundred tickets for, for family and friends. You're probably doing dinners every night. It's like golf is not necessarily the top focus when you are playing a home game. And sometimes it can just be a lot easier to go to the, to a middle of nowhere where you don't know anybody and your only, you know, sole focus is, is just on golf. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I I think that's a really good point. Uh, Just in, and, and we see that, (laughs) <laughs> we see that, uh, yeah, at, at majors, I, th- I feel like guys talk about that a lot um, because you, you get – and some of that is like you just get a lot of – I mean, even Rory at, at uh, Portrush this year, you get a lot of pressure and you get a lot – there's just there's too much going on. Now, obviously, uh, RSM is a lot different than like the Open Championship, but it's still sort of the same concept of uh, kind of struggling through a little bit of like the off-the-course stuff. Yeah, the expectations change a little bit. So Charles Howell the third breaks an 11-year drought between wins when he goes out and wins last year. He wins in a playoff against Patrick Rogers. I went back and I was watching some of the the highlights this week, and 
there were some bombs made on on the putting greens, man. And Patrick Rogers really made a charge, shooting 61-62 on the weekend to get himself into that playoff. And quite frankly, I mean, Charles Howe, like, this guy's playing well again. He's knocking at the door. He's racking up top tens. He's your defending champion. He's one of these guys that you certainly feel like is going to be in contention again this week. Yeah, I agree. But I also feel that about, like, 14 different guys right now between, like, Billy (laughs) Horschel and uh, Kevin Kisner and Webb's probably the best part in the field. Like, there's just, like, you know, so many different guys that you could say that about. Uh, but yeah, Charles Howe's been playing great. He played, uh, he had a couple good finishes in Asia. Uh, we're not quite to Charles Howe season, which is like the West Coast swing where he's made like a, <laughs> like eleven billion dollars. But uh, we're on the precipice of it, so uh, he does need, uh, yeah, he needs a win to get to Kapalua. That that's kind of one of my like favorite like low key like just sort of uh, I don't know underrated storylines of the week is that this is the last chance to get to Kapalua, which guys talk about as like being it. I don't know. Maybe it's not a big deal, but the way they talk about it, it's like, it's a huge thing. And so, yeah, this is the last chance for somebody to get there. Yeah. The trip to Maui, not so bad. I was, uh, I was at Kapalua for a wedding last year and let me tell you, it lives up to all the hype. (laughs) Uh, It was, it was awesome. Um, all right. Other storylines out of this. I mean, we're setting up guys that finished well last year. Someone like a Zach Johnson who finished in a tie for seventh last year. He's getting his game going again. I, I just, you mentioned it and we'll, we'll cover this on the other side where there are so many guys who just seem to be knocking at the door. Like, yeah, you could name, I don't know, 15 or 20 guys in this field. And I'm like, yeah, they got a chance to win. Yeah. They got a chance <laughs> to win. It just seems like, uh, uh, you know, flip a coin or flip a twenty-sided coin on 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 this. Field. It's like the it's like a major, but for like the tier three guys. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, like like all, all these guys have a chance because it's you know a major season. But no, yeah, it's everyone here is basically like the same player, the same level, and a lot of them ha- have had success here. This is a course that they come back to year in and year out, so you can actually find some of these course horses like Kevin Kisner, who who will who will talk about. But like, yeah, this I'm I'm really excited for this one, and then we get just kind of like another one of these little mini breaks on the PGA tour before, as you mentioned, we head over to Mount. Yeah. I've, I rank so I ranked the field, uh, top nine and every player's the same player. Basically it's <laughs> Webb, Kisner, Kuchar, Horschel, Hal, Brendan Todd, English, Henley. I mean, there is like the, they're the same guy, you know, yeah. like what, I mean, not actually, but it's just what it feels like as I'm looking at this thing. And you could swap their names in any order and you feel pretty comfortable yeah, with it. Yeah, exactly. And then I got Brian Gay last. He's had a good start uh, to the year. But there's there's like six times a year that Brian Gay is like a guy you're like, oh, I might bet him, right? Like, like this is the chance he can win. Like, this is one of those weeks. Yeah. And But it is interesting. I feel like it, it's been a kind of an, a, an eclectic mix of guys that have won. So you go Hal 18. Austin Cook won it in 17. Uh, yeah. Mackenzie Hughes, Kisner. And then Bob Streb back in 2014. So, uh, again, all the same player, basically. But <laughs> yep. I guess my point was that, like, Cook and Mackenzie Hughes are not – I wouldn't put them on the caliber of, like, a Howe and a, and a Kisner, right? Like, they're not, like, right. top, I don't know, 50 guys or 60 guys in the world the way that those other two are. Yeah. So here's what we'll do. We'll dive deeper into some of these guys and we'll kind of do our our weekly picks here on the other side. But let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. We're talking RSM Classic. And Kyle, it's time for us to get on the record. We kind of alluded to some of these guys, but let's take a deeper dive into who we think is going to find success this week. So uh, like we do, let's start with uh, who we think is actually going to be raising the trophy come Sunday evening. I've got my guy, but I want to hear yours first because we have not conferred on these. <laughs> yeah, I, I've i got Kisner. I I don't know. I, the 28 to 1 number just kind of stood out to me. I thought that I felt like that was a pretty good number. He finished he was T76 last week at Mayakoba, which is not great, but he is just a monster on this course. Like, he's just had yeah. a ton of success. He's won here. Um, I don't know. I just he, – he was my random choice of the 13 guys that could win this week. Now, he did not go to Oklahoma State. Is that correct? So, you have, you have broken your <laughs> – one week later, after you told me you always do this, you just broke it. Is Taylor Gooch <laughs> in the field or no? Uh, no, your guy was uh, Charles Howe. You have to go Charles uh, Howe yeah, to go back to back. Yeah. But, I should uh, have. Uh, no, I, I actually really like Kisner here. This this was uh, – he was definitely on my, sh- on my short list. Uh, to your point, uh, the fact that he made the cut at Mayakoba last week was actually a positive because he has been so horrible there over the course of the last five years that it was actually encouraging for him to even just make the cut. Um, but I, I decided to, to roll with um, Harris English here. And we, we talk a lot about Harris English. He's also 28 to one to win this golf tournament. And I just feel like, and I have very little evidence to back this up when, when these guys are just continually knocking at the door, it eventually opens. It's like, it's like and, uh, Lanto Griffin earlier this season. It, exactly. Put yourself in contention week in and week out. And the one week where you know the stars align, uh, you get a little, little, little hot for for five a five hole stretch, or someone at the top of the leaderboard fades. Like there's so many factors that as long as you're putting yourself in that position to find success every single week, um, you know the dam is going to break eventually. And that's kind of where I'm at with Harris English, who continues to pile up, you know, these top tens, these top fives, and I, I just I, I'm I just feel like this is probably a pretty a pretty good place for him to be and he's playing well at the moment. So I'm going to go with uh, Harris English to, to break through. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, on the flip side of that, I do feel like it, I mean, we, t- we, st- I think we've talked about this multiple times, but like after you win, it's hard to maintain. I th- that, that's why I think what, what uh, Brendan Todd did at our, at uh, Mayakoba was so impressive because he had just won and, yeah. and he had just won for the first time in a long time. I feel like it's easy to l- look at that and be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm good for a while, even if it was an opposite field event. And he didn't. He backed it up. I, I just I thought that was super impressive. Um, I've got let's go top 10 next. I got Webb Simpson for my my lock for top 10. He's even even money to finish in the top 10, which is not great. But I just feel like he's the best part in the field by a lot. He hasn't played a lot this fall. And I feel like we, it's weird because when we talk about Webb, we're like, oh yeah, he's like a, he's probably like a top 30 guy, top, top 25 guy. No, he's like the 12th best player in the world. And (laughs) that might be underselling him for how well he's played and and how well he did play at the uh, second half of, of last season. 
Yeah, Webb and and the the betting odds would agree with you that he is like pretty significantly the best player in this field. He's got the shortest odds by by quite some bit. Um, and just we just haven't seen much of him. When we, when we see him play, he plays well, and he hasn't played since the Shriners, and now he gets to tee it up, and I, I like that. I went with a little the soup the weirdest situation of last week um, to me was Russ Henley. Yeah, and I love this. On on paper, he missed the cut shot a 77 on Friday and he stinks on ice, right? Like that's on paper. And then you look at this and the guy, the, the oh, another one of these golf rules where he's like signing autographs for fans and handing out balls in his bag, realizes that one of them is, I guess, marked differently than another mark that he's been using and has to assess himself uh, a two shot penalty on four holes. So he gets eight penalty shots, uh, in which that takes him from a 69 to a 77, he misses the cut by one number. So realistically, like in my alternate reality where Russell Henley uses the same ball throughout, you know, he's seven under after two rounds. He's on the first page of the leaderboard. He's playing really, really well. He only made one other real bogey in two rounds last week. And on paper, he misses the cut. He's got three straight top tens here from 2015 to 2017 at the RSM. Like this is a perfect storm of, of golf karma coming back on the positive side and fixing this situation for Russ. Henley. Yeah, I agree. I, it's a weird story and it's very easy to envision that like GolfChannel.com headline, right? Of like, uh, <laughs> uh, Henley bounces back after, you know, whatever. Um, right. it, it's, uh, he, he, yeah, it, it's very easy to envision. I really like that pick a lot. I, I think that's, I think that's solid. Um, sleeper, sleeper, do it. Hit me with Patrick it. Rogers, one twenty-five to one. Ooh, his form. Don't don't look at his form. Don't look it up. Just don't <laughs> even like, just ignore it. Uh, I don't I don't advise going to his OWGR page. But oh boy, he. Uh, he was T10 here in 2016 and then he lost in that playoff last year to Charles house. So clearly there's something about uh, this course, this tournament that he, I mean, he's just, he's thrived here. Like he's had a ton of success on this course. So 125 to one with his pedigree and the success he's had on this course, I'll take that. I don't mind that. Um, we, we have seen, uh, I got, this is another one of those, add this to the project list where we've seen guys who are, who are not in, good form show up at a place that they have good vibes at and something clicks. And uh, that is certainly the case that you expect out of Patrick Rogers this week where, Hey, you know, 10th place finish in 2017. He had that playoff uh, loss last year. Like, yeah, he might show up and be like, okay, you know what? Just get back to what I know around here. This is a good spot for me. I don't mind that at all. Um, my sleeper here is uh, Chris Kirk 90 to one got his first start back we you know we we read the reports he was struggling you know took a little bit of a sabbatical struggling with alcohol abuse he go, comes back and plays pretty well last week finishes in a tie for 33rd at Mayakoba and then you look at the course fit and he's a past winner here uh he's got you know in his last six starts he's got four top 20s three of them are top fours including that win so uh, a course that certainly sets up well for him and it was really nice to see him uh, play as well as he did last week i'm gonna back him 90 to 1 i i would love to see chris kirk win this golf tournament that would that would be really cool if he if he came out and won this tournament it would be like 
I mean, we'd be throwing it back to 2014. Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk. I mean, you're talking about like <laughs> who's who's next after those? It's two? <laughs> like the who's who list of didn't who who didn't make the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles. So, um, yeah, that that would be a cool story. He's he's. I mean, I don't not to like overstate this, but he's a big time. Like he's a really good talent, you know. Yeah. And I know it's gone poorly, and it just obviously like he's had issues, but. Um, that would be, that would be a cool way to end the year. Yeah. And if he, if he wins this week, then I assume we'll just pencil in Jimmy Walker for uh, a win at some point this season as well with, uh, Brendan Todd <laughs> throw this whole thing back five years or so. Um, all right. Well, Kyle, that is the RSM classic for this week. We've gone through the storylines. We've gone through our picks. Any final thoughts to leave us through for this week? Uh, no, I don't, not with RSM. Um, do you think they'll ever? Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll, I'll keep. I'll, I'll save that for. Uh, I'll save that for off the air. Uh, uh, that's a tantalizing tease. <laughs> well, it's probably not something that I should say. Uh, who, what do you think about the uh, about Dubai? Are you staying up tonight? What, what, what's your? So we. Yeah. What time does that start? Because I usually get on the. I'm. I'm usually pretty good on the West Coast. It's like sometimes it's like 11 p.m. and I can hang for a while, or I can wake up early. What time? You any idea what time that cover? I think starts? it's at 11:30 Eastern. So that'd be 8:30 oh, for you. Piece of cake. Which is which is money. There's. Uh, we talked about this a little bit um, on Monday. I think. I think John Rahm's gonna win it. He won this tournament a couple years ago. Wait, did he win this tournament? Yes, he did. Uh, he won this tournament. He hasn't won the race to Dubai. And if he wins this tournament this year, he's got a really good shot at winning the race to Dubai and, and probably right. will, uh, barring something heroic from Bernd Wiesberger, um, my guy. So I got Rom this hey, week. Ha- hang some hang some respect on Bernd Wiesberger, the number one player in the race to Dubai. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say in Austria. I was like, well, yeah. Can we, can we hang some respect on the second half of John Rom's year? Yeah. He's been unbelievable. He's, awesome. He's been unreal. I'm going to pull up his uh his results, but since the US Open, so he goes he goes T3 at Pebble, which Will Gray said was a, a much better finish on paper 5 years from now than it actually was in person, which is true. <laughs> and then he goes T2 at the Andal- Andalusia Masters hosted by the Sergio Garcia Foundation. Shout out to Sergio. <laughs> That's a great name. There. He wins. <laughs> he wins La Hinch at the, the Irish Open. T eleven at the Open Championship. Seventh at uh, St Jude. T three at the Northern Trust. T five at the BMW. T thirteen at the Tour Championship, which is his worst outing. Second at the yeah, and he actually I don't even know where he started. That like he could have started at T. I don't know where he started true. in that field, but that's could be even better than what it than what it. That's shows. a good point. I forgot that it's a staggered start for the yeah. anyway. Uh, Second at the BMW PGA, which is like European players, uh, mm-hmm. miscut at the Dunhill Links finally, and he stinks. <laughs> and then he, yeah, he does stink. And then he wins the Spanish Open. It's it's been an unbelievable run. It's lights and, out. And yeah, I I really hope he wins it. Um, I feel like Rom, and maybe it's not even warranted, uh, because he does win. It just feels like sometimes he gets lumped into that. Maybe because he hasn't put it all together in a major yet and but again what how old is he 20 whatever he's like a child um yeah i i hope he i hope he goes out and wins this thing he will have my rooting uh interest and he is currently ranked third so uh i guess he doesn't necessarily control his own destiny but he's in a really good position yeah he is and he is fifth in the world and also fifth in rory brought this up earlier this week 
uh, he talked about like world ranking points gained in 2019, just in terms of like looking at who's been the most prolific uh, for the year. So Rory's first with 480. Kepka's second with 380, which is crazy that there's a 100-point difference. Yeah. And then you got JT at 300, DJ at 300, and John Rahm at 294. So he, awesome. he's been he's been really, really good so far this year. And it would be fitting, I think, for him to win Dubai for the second time and uh, just kind of put a bow on what's been an, an awesome uh, end to the 2019 year for, for John Rahm. Beautiful. Well, we'll know. Uh, for me, it'll be like early, it'll be like Saturday overnight, early Sunday morning. Yeah, you we'll just, know the result of that. You, you <laughs> flip right from that uh, that UCLA Hawaii game over to you know Dubai. Dude, the West Coast time is like the best sports consuming yeah, time there is. It's it's beautiful. Except the Masters All starts right. at like four in the morning. Uh, yeah, and uh, Open Championship is like two a.m. or something <laughs> like that. But you know, we'll figure it out. Um, all right, brother. Well, much appreciated. Uh, that's Kyle Porter. Follow him on Twitter. It is at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm at Rick run. Good tweet us. And thanks Kyle. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Okay. Talk to you soon, Rick. See ya.